Bruchim Abayim B'Shem Hashem Berachnuchem V'Es Hashem Welcome to our weekly Wednesday Shir. I am hoping the microphone is working better this week. I don't understand. Someone complained the sound was weak. I apologize. It's not exactly a directional mic. It's a regular mic. Shir, as we've been doing in the past, the Nishmas, was very interesting that yesterday somebody sent me a video clip of the Rebbe and Tishrei L, whatever it is and they told me to look at a certain moment when my father passes by the Rebbe so I was inching, wait, waiting to get to that minute I kind of miss out on all the other minutes in between. There were beautiful minutes of the Rebbe walking through the crowd. And ironically, not ironically, very special for me, the seed of Shalom, Olav Shalom, and Zang Shtag Lav, son, standing there, and the Rebbe nodded his head to them as they stood there in the side of the shvil, as we would call it, the path which the Rebbe would walk through. And you can see, true, true chassidim. And may you see to it that we all, as children, as grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and most foremost is, of course, his rabbits and his wife. She should have and she should be able to get back on her feet and walk to where she has to go, when she has to go there. She's not one that likes to be kept in one place. This Shabbos is Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah Shechali is B'Shabbos. Rosh Hashanah comes out on a Shabbos. We don't blow Shefer. Don't blow Shefer. Our Yetzer. Did we get Rosh Hashanah? Did Rosh Hashanah actually happen? We didn't blow Shefer on the first day. Let us try to begin to understand, scratch the surface, as they say, Kia Shefer. The blowing of the Shefer. Throughout the month of El, we blow the Shefer. Comes Erev Rosh Hashanah, we don't blow the Shefer. Just on that very day, we don't blow the Shefer. We only blow again on Rosh Hashanah. The reason, as you know, everybody, all people know, to confuse the Satan. 
Satan is not happy with what's going on. Listen, the Yidin, no matter how they behave the whole year long, are behaving differently now. I see why there's a problem with the audio and the video. It's delayed. It's not working properly. I don't know. If anyone does have a problem watching the video can't hear it, you can go to www.shiur.us shir.us and you can listen to the audio which usually is flawless. Baruch Hashem. The Sultan is watching this go on and he's, he's rabid. The Yidin are uniting. Yidin are acting differently. Yidin are behaving. Yidin are trying to get up early in the morning. For the Svardish, our brother, the Svardish brothers, and the Kehillah Svardish, they're going, but even if not, the word El throws a sitter in people's minds, a shake in the people's hearts, a fear. So much so, the month prior to the month of El is month of Av. When we hear Av, there's two things. First of all, people think of Tishabav, nine days, ah! But there's Tubav, Beautiful Yom Tov. There's no Yom Tov like Tubav. But what is the fear in Av, really? Av is the Rashtavis, Aleph Beis, El Bo. El is coming. El. El throws a pachat. <coughs> Excuse me. Throws a fear into the person. Puts a fear in the person's heart. Um, we, in our community at least, Carnites, Brooklyn, have a extra job, an extra job this year, in our chula, in our. Being acceptant. I'll just tell you a story about that. People were told not to travel to Granites. Granites community asked people not to come to Granites. However, people are called diehard chassidim. They're driven by this tremendous yearn to be by the Rebbe. And the Rebbe's four cubits, and the Rebbe's circle. And therefore, although they were told not to go, and they were asked not to come, they persevered, and they're here. And this is causing a tremendous, tremendous pressure and anguish on our local community. And we therefore have an extra Aveda, this Elul, to work that much harder to be able to overcome 
our inner feelings, not to God forbid have hard feelings, even if I can't daven in my shul, even if I have to daven at home. Some of us are davening at home because we can't go to shul anyway. Regardless of guests or not guests, some of us, they're over 60, and not 100% well, that are still recuperating from this pandemic, can't go into shul. It's very sad. So if you're fortunate, and you have family and friends that are willing to come daven with you in your house, and you could put together ten people, a minion, a shecha. If you're fortunate. A lot of people want to daven in shul, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. It's difficult. Everybody say it's a very difficult time that the world is going through. Each community has its own trials and tribulations, issues and hardships. And we have ours. Probably a drop in the bucket compared to everyone else's. We spoke about Jvil recently. The Rebbe of Jvil. Gedalia Moshe became the Rebbe after his father, Rebbe Shlimke, passed away. And the Chassidim wanted to come bring him a kvittel. A kvittel. Which, incidentally, I told you about my father's video. The video of my father is coming before the Rebbe and giving him a kvittel at Rebbe Rosh Hashanah. By us, it's known as a pan, pigeon nefesh. You ask the tzaddik pray for you. Now, in Lubavitch, as I said, the Rebbe would stand at Rosh Hashanah and by his door in his office, and the chassidim would file past, and each one would give a pan. And I don't recall if the Rebbe said anything or not even. And each one would give a pan, and when the piles the panim piled up in the Rebbe's hand, the Rebbe would turn around and place them down on the table behind him, and the Rebbe would turn around again and continue taking panim. There were thousands of panim. Thousands of such letters. The Gaboyim had a task thereafter to take this brown paper wrapping paper it's called, and they would fill up packets, bundles, with these panim. They'd be tied up. This would come down with the Rebbe when he came down to Rosh Hashanah by day, to Davin. This would then go up onto the Rebbe's bima. The Rebbe would blow Shefer from the middle of the shul on the bima, where they read from the Torah. And they would put all these bundles in front of the Rebbe. And they would say Lam Natseach seven times. The Rebbe would start Lam Natseach. The Rebbe would take his talus and cover over all the bundles and sit under that, stay under there, stand under there crying and davening for every single paper, every every person, every name 
and all those papers. And then again a little later. And you could hear, if you were close enough, which I merited to be, you could hear the Rebbe sobbing, crying for Klal Yisrael. Then after the Rebbe would lift up his talus to over his, just over his forehead, you could barely, barely see the Rebbe's eyes. And the Rebbe would take the shafer, put it to his lips and put his hand. The Rebbe would turn his head slightly to the left. So, you were strong enough and big enough, that's where you got yourself situated, right in front of the bima, on the floor. The bima was raised up. On the floor in front of the bima, to the Rebbe's left, so the Rebbe turned, you were able to see almost the Rebbe's holy face, the countenance of the Rebbe's face as he blew Shefer. So back to what we were saying before, before we spoke about the Rebbe's Kirtl, about the Gedalia taking Kirtlach. They asked him to take, and he refused. He said, my father, Abshtaimki, was extremely holy. He could take Kirtlach. He said, I'm not worthy to stand in his place. One day, Gedalia said to Chassid, the very close Chassid, he said, today you can give me a Kirtl. And he explained on the previous Friday night after davening he announced Shachras to be 7.30. He himself, the Rebbe, the Rebbe of Jeville, announced Shachras to be 7.30. One Grab Jung Chutzminyak called out in a gruff voice and he said till now we davened at 8 and they're going to continue to do so. We're not changing things here. We're not moving to 7.30. We daven till now at 8, that's when we're davening. Obviously it's very disrespectful. It was undermining the authority and the leadership of the Rebbe. But Rebbe Gedalia didn't fight with him. Instead he agreed, he said, you're right, we'll daven at 8. Gedalia Meisha then said to this chassid that he was talking to, I'm not holy like my father, but I was Mavra al-Midaysay, and I was Beilam Piv, Shas Meriva, quiet in the dispute. Someone who could do something like that, as special as that, someone holy like my father, so therefore, since I did it, I'll accept Kutluk now. There was a person, Rahman al-Tzadik, didn't have children. And he went to a Tzadik for a bracha. Tzadik looked, Lamaila and Tzadikim have a way of looking up above in heaven, see what's going on, what kind of blessings or decrees against this person. Sadiq said, unfortunately, I'm unable to help you. The person was devastated. But the Sadiq gave him a solution. The Sadiq told him, if you see somebody being disgraced in public, 
and he doesn't answer back, run over and get a bracha from him. And his merit, you'll have children. Not long after that, he heard somebody disgracing a fellow man. And he was sitting there with his eyes closed, begging himself, don't answer back, don't answer back. And he obliged, he didn't. Ran, the man did not have it easy. It was hard to remain silent, but he did. And he ran over to him and said, you did such a great thing, because you were quiet by a machlekes. In this merit, in this chus, I request that you bless me for children. He gave a bracha, and the person was blessed with children. The great tzaddik wasn't able to help him. But a simple person who remained quiet when he was rebuked, when he was in a machlekes, And the Chazal tell us that literally the world exists only because of people, only the merit of these people that are quiet in a dispute. If the world stands in such a schus, their brachas are effective. And their disgrace turns into a concept of nirdaf. So their broken heart is a broken heart Hashem special care for them. And all the tefillahs and the brachas are answered. So when it comes, Erev Rosh Hashanah, we, our task is to confuse the Satan more than he is already. There are several mitzvahs in Shulchan Larach actually. That make reference to just this. That we do this in order to confuse the sub. First of all, we don't call the Shanarish Khedish. We don't bench Khedish Tishrei, the Shabbos before, as we said last week. We don't blow Shafer of Rosh Hashanah. And also, one of the reasons that we blow Shafer the whole month of Elul is to drive the Sultan nuts. He should not know when is Rosh Hashanah. The question here is a simple one. Satan is a malach. He's an angel. He comes to Bezna Shamayla in the true in the world of Emes, Elam Emes. And there he presents his cases. He presents his prosecuting Facts. Simple things like this are going to confuse him seriously. Especially since we do it every year. We repeat these things over and over and over yearly. How does he keep getting confused from this? Also, we want to know what does it mean even that he's confused.
To open up, to begin with, there's a Gemara, if you keep being scored at home, on the Tezayin Amin Aleph. Rosh Hashanah. In the Etzim Mitzvah of Tia Shefer. Concept of Tia Shefer and Rosh Hashanah, which is what we spoke about in order to start to understand what happens by Tia Shefer and how we are still Yetzu with Rosh Hashanah on the first day which comes out on Shabbos is no Shefer Blom. The mother says, I'm Yitzchok. Lama taken a Marian Kshem Yeshvin. Why do we blow tears through the Shvarim? Well, sometimes when we're sitting and sometimes when we're standing. And he answers, to confuse the Satan. Rashi explains this. And also, I'm sorry, a bit of Hananu, other places as well. Now, the Rebbe brings down in Shulchan Aruch. Shalayastin shouldn't come and prosecute. He'll hear the Yidden. Excuse me. He'll hear the Yidden cherish the mitzvahs. And this, shall we say, confuses him beyond. I'm recording this here. Yeah. Yeah, five o'clock I'll finish. Okay. From here we learn that we can't really understand what this means to confuse the Satan. You don't understand it. If we confuse him with such simple things, through our Maseinu, our things that we do, we're not really shutting him down. But when the Satan sees the endearment that you didn't have for mitzvahs, this weakens his hand. Now, ironically, the Satan is not a friend of the Jews in any which way, form, or fashion. And he wants to see a Jew do an Aveda, he wants to see a Jew fail, he wants to see a Jew fall. That's the show. However, it breaks through everything that he stands for when he sees such actions. Because he sees the love that he didn't have. So based on this, we see also why the other things also confuse the Satan. They blow Shefer Chedeshel. Sutton sees they're all awakening for Tshuva, like I said before. And the Zeikim Adin, before Rosh Hashanah even. 
He has nothing to present. He has nothing to bring to the table in Rosh Hashanah because the whole Elo people have been so involved in doing Shuvah. Therefore we don't blow on Erev Rosh Hashanah. This is to refocus everything. For the Jews, for the world. Although the Jews have come to a level of Jewish Shlema before Rosh Hashanah already, they don't need the Shefer to awaken them anymore. So the Jew, the Yisatan, I'm sorry, sees the Jew as so confident in what is accomplished. He's not ready to go prosecute against us any longer. Similarly, we can see why we don't bench Shkedish Tishri. And we don't mention that it's Shkedish and Hashanah. What is this compared to? An army that doesn't present all its weapons so that the enemy should not know how to counter. Similarly here, we don't mention these things. Of Tishrei. Because with this they have a schus. And this therefore confuses again the Satan, not knowing what are they doing, they're lacking a merit. On the other hand, when we don't mention these things, which bring of course a merit when we pray for these things and we add these things, it looks like we're lacking, God forbid, a few merits. So you think for the side thing like this, we confuse the Satan? We want it because in order to confuse the Satan, we want to lose out on these merits? But the truth is, this mainstay concept is to cause a tremendous Sadis Tshuva Ba'am Yisrael. And when a Jew awakens to this, that the Sultan has tremendous strength against him, so much so that he takes from the Jews things of the highest level, in order to hold back the Sultan from doing this to us, the Yid comes to a tremendous Asadis of Tshuva to fix his Maisim. The fact, this main, this concept in its own, the fact that a Jew awakens to come to do tshuva, this awakens Rachmim and Am Yisrael. And this will bring for us Aksiva, Aksima Teva, Shana Teva Masuka. This only gets worse at Thursday evening, which is why I have to record this year earlier.
our Aveda, our service before Rosh Hashanah, our dedications and devotions that we have to put, the tshuva that we have to present, We do things affecting other people and we therefore need to ask for forgiveness which I personally do every year now on this year which is public forum and hopefully people here in case I bother, hurt, or disturbed or upset them should forgive me those that have put up any barriers against me for it. That have taken something wrongly. I apologize. But a yid in general needs to focus. We need to focus on who we are, what we stand for. They tell a mushal, a parable. A very poor person never could not eke out a living. Come on, it shouldn't happen. Whatever he tried failed, everything came to dust. He decided he's going to go visit the Sar Hamazolis. Everything has a sar, has a, an angel in heaven. He's going to go find the sar of the mazolis, the angel appointed over every mazel. He's going to ask him where he should go and find his mazel. He's there, a, a veritable shlomazel guy. As he was walking on his way to the sar of mazolis, he saw a magnificent, beautiful tree. Beautiful, big. Unfortunately, the tree had no fruit on it. It wasn't bearing fruit. The tree requested and said to him, When you meet the Saramazolis, tell him my name as well. Ask him why my mazel is so bad. Why I can't grow fruit. No problem, the man said. When I meet Saramazolis, I'll ask him. The man worked f- walked further, and he met a princess who was banished from her palace. And she requested, when you meet Saramazolis, ask him why my mazel is to be cast out of the castle. I ask him what I should do to return to my greatness. I'll do so. And he walked further. And he met a lion that was lying on the ground, ill and in pain. The lion said to him, when you meet the Saramazolis, do me a favor. Ask him what I can do to cure myself. I'll do it. The man promised. And he went to the Saramazolis, and he found him. When he returned, he saw the tree. And he said, 
And she said, no. So the Sarah Mazal has told me the reason your fruits are not growing is near your roots is a box filled with gold and diamonds. And this blocks the nutrients in the ground from reaching your trunk and your branches. Someone will dig up this box, this treasure, you'll bear fruit. So the tree pleaded and said, please dig up the treasure. You'll become wealthy and I'll be cured. No, 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 said the man. I don't have time for that. I'm too busy looking for my muzzle. He told me to look for my muzzle. I'm looking for my muzzle. He walked further and he found the princess. I spoke with the Sarah Mazel, Mazalis, and he said that you'll return to your greatness when you get married. Because your husband will become king, and you'll be the queen, and you'll return to your greatness. So the princess pleaded with him and said, Please marry me, and then I'll return to the palace, and you'll become a king, you'll be very wealthy, and famous, and, and you'll have everything you need. Sorry, I'm really sorry, the man said. I'm too busy for that. I need to find my mazel. Well, then he met the lion. So did the Sarah Mazalus tell you what I should do to be cured? He said, yes, he did, the man replied. Your remedy is to eat the brain of someone who throws away every good opportunity comes his way. The lion pounced, grabbed the man, gobbled him up, and was healed. <laughs> Let's not be the fool of this marshal. The opportunities are right here in front of us, Rabbi Zayn. The opportunities are knocking on the door. The opportunities are telling us. Make amends. Fix whatever is broken here. Get back on track. Don't neglect. Don't pass up. A good thing. Especially if someone asks for forgiveness. Forgive them. Let them back in your heart. Let them back in your mind. So they, you and them, become us forever. And this way, Akash Baruch looks down and says the same he will do for you. Rosh Hashanah. We say in davening, Reign over the entire universe in your glory. A body has many different parts. From the head to your toes to your heel. The highest body part, of course, is the head. In the head is the brain. And the brain itself also contains 
the vitality of all other body parts. And even as the other limbs of the body operate individually and independently, the brain in essence controls and directs their functionality. All these aspects of the brain can be found in the inner theme of the holiday. Holiday of Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is the head of the year. First and foremost, the theme of Rosh Hashanah, as we said many times, in the tefillahs, in the rituals, is Muleich Akhalelim Reign over the entire universe. We declare our desire to God to be His subject. We coronate Him as a king. And this coronation proceeds and transcends any other act of divine worship. Because only after evoking God's desire to reign over us is there a significance to maintaining our relationship with Him and fulfilling His wills and commands. This essential service of Rosh Hashanah, a form of divine worship that utterly transcends our everyday worship, is comparable to the supreme faculties, functions, that set the head apart of the rest of the body. Expression, head and shoulders above. <coughs> the second theme of Rosh Hashanah is the Rosh Hashanah, the first two days of the Aseret Mechuvah. Um, a little confession here we have in Chabad. I hope we don't let down you guys too much. <laughs> Told you it was 60 times probably repeated this. There's three things that if the Goyim knew how much pleasure, joy, and simchat he didn't have from it, they'd be Megayar on the spot. First thing is, when they don't have to say Tachnun, it's so exciting. Second thing is fixing the Balkhera, catching the Balkhera on a mistake. The one who reads the Torah reading, when he makes a mistake, the whole shul, they all scream and yell, they all fix him. And that's such a pleasure. I was the one that corrected the Balkhera. And of course, the third thing we all know is Ko'ela. Everybody, this is a sing song, it became a, a theme song, it became, I don't know what, it became a ritual. And there are shuls that literally stop, the Makaria stops, and the entire shul, they don't even realize this is because to the story with the Vedan uh, Dirabanan. Nothing worse than a tangent going from one story into the next. Um, the Vedan Dirabanan in Spain, there was an old shul, told the story as well, many times. It's an old shul, 
And when it came to the Maidim de Rabbanan in the repetition, Chazaz Shatz, everybody turned around like they do by Bayer Vishalim to the back wall. They said Maidim de Rabbanan. The person walks in and sees this and says, Well, well what is this all about? Where did this custom come from? There's nowhere, nowhere in Shulchan Arach. So we don't know. This is what our elders did. There happens to be an old age home, a base office, so the fellow there that's probably over 100. Go see him, ask him. And he went there and he found the guy and he says to him, I, he says, I'll tell you where it came from. Says, Many years ago, a non-Jewish artist came to the community and said he wants to paint something for the shul. So we had no idea what to ask him to paint, what to offer him. So, finally, they acquiesced that he print, that he paints a maiden drabanan. So we said, is in the repetition of Shemnesri, the a maiden that we repeat when the Chazan says regular maiden. And so, the artist painted it, but they had no idea where to put it now. Where do we put it? There's no room on the front wall. So they put it on the back wall. Put in the back wall. Now it's on the back wall. What do we do now? They got to read from it. So, I mean, you don't want to walk in and see they're not using it. They just hung it in the back wall. So it became the custom when they came to Maiden the Rabbanon, they turned around, they said Maiden the Rabbanon from it. Eventually, the sign framed this, it fell apart. And it fell off the wall. It was not, it was irreparable. Couldn't fix it anymore. Irreparable. So they uh, put it away in Shemus or whatever. But the Revaila, the people didn't know really why we turned around to say, Made the Rabbanon to the Mairavant. So the custom remained and people kept doing it. And these are things that people do sometimes without realizing, without knowing, without understanding. Second theme of Rosh Hashanah is the beginning of the Aseris Mechuba. So I started to say that in Chabad we don't say Slichas Aseris Mechuba. We only say slichas before Rosh Hashanah. So the Sfadim who start from Rosh Hashanah until Yom Kippur, they're really upset. But even the rest of the Yidin, the Pailisha, the Litrisha, who say slichas and says Mechuvah as well, sorry. So that in itself is enough to make somebody become a Lubavitcher. Not that to say slichas that week as well. Just kidding. Anyway, so therefore it starts the Aseris Mitzvah, an extension of Rosh Hashanah until Yom Kippur.
and through sincere remorse, Aveda, working on oneself, we rectify any harm caused by our past Avedas of God. And not only that, we restore our relationship with Him. So the relationship with God is aroused in tshuva. Such a relationship is even more profound than the specific commandments. <coughs> and therefore brings atonement for the Avedis that a person did. Yetshuva itself is premised on our Aveda to observe the mitzvahs and to serve and repair the harm that was caused by the Aveda. And this is of course relative to each specific mitzvah which is incumbent on every Yid. Yetshuva is not necessarily in a league of its own. It's like the vitality of each individual limb of the body and the faculties of the body. They exist in a general form within the brain. And then finally, our firm resolution on Rosh Hashanah to act on these profound emotions and experiences, all that is what ensures our practical observance of God's commandments in our day-to-day life throughout the year. And like the brain and the nervous system directing the functions of the entire body, so too the tshuva dictates, repairs, and sets right the Aveda of the Yid. Every Yomtiv in the Mayadim of the Eden has a special Indian to it, which is what sets up its name, establishes its name in the Tata. And this comes about in the special each pointers of each mitzvah, the customs, and what the Chachamim set aside for us, especially for the Yom Tov Rosh Hashanah. When we think into what Rosh Hashanah is all about, as we just talked about, the involvement, our upping our antics when it comes to doing mitzvahs, our upping our style of davening, although it doesn't look like there's any similarity between them, actually they probably contradict either I'm doing Aveda mitzvahs or I'm davening. 
So from one side we find that Azal tell us, as we spoke now, Rosh Hashanah, the concept of Rosh Hashanah is crowning of the king. The king of the universe, we are crowning him, Tamachuni Aleichem. And this is, if you keep keeping score at home, the Gemara Rosh Hashanah again, the same Gemara, the Zayin Amaralov says, said before me the Malchius, the Chenis, the Shefris, the Malchius was said in order that I should become king over them. And we repeat again, And we repeat over and over throughout the prayers, the Tfilis of Rosh Hashanah to become our king. So it's understood, of course, this coronation is dafka through the Jewish nation accepting upon themselves the yoke of the king. And the nullification, the self-nullification of each of any, any different lifestyle. We see by Malchus Adara, a king, a worldly king, that when it comes to his coronation, the people make it, and they make with a great pomp and stance, a great show, and they accept the yoke of the king. And they say we are humbled by the king, and we are self-nullificated, we have nothing We we'll only do. We won't do anything without asking the king first. Dafka with such a self nullification can one awaken by the king his yearning to accept himself the the, the yoke of kingdom shift, kingship. On the other side, Shoshana is Yemadin. For all the things that a person needs. It's din and mishpat for the concept of all the spiritual things that we have in the course of the year. <coughs> but not only the spiritual, physical as well. Just the opposite. Adrama. <laughs> The main din of Rosh Hashanah is on the Gashmias. And we see that guy is my manas. In Cheshuvah. Person is judged on Rosh Hashanah only on things that have to do with this world. And therefore we ask in our tefillahs of the day, Bon Achayim Zena. Kosveinim Zef Achayim Tevim, Kosveinim Zef Banatsu Barakolo, etc. Write us in the book of good, of, of plenty, of prosperity. So aside from the fact that it's not possible that these two in Yonim they're the opposite of one or the other. How is it possible 
that when it comes a Jew stands in such a situation of bitl and he's totally nullifying himself before the king How is it possible, therefore, when a person is such a level, it should even come to his mind, personal matters, money, or anything else. person only knows he's lacking money when he thinks about himself, when he thinks that he's something, when he thinks an entity of his own. If he doesn't, if he, doesn't, if he nullifies his own entity and he's such bitl mitzias. How is it possible, therefore, that he should be asking for anything of his own? We understand, therefore, the words of Isaiah, that we request on this day life sustenance mm-hmm. forgiveness etc therefore it's like dogs that are barking they think about themselves, but they're not thinking about the Shkina. Since the Nuska Tfilah Rosh Hashanah, added also requests to the person's personal needs, and it's a special time, therefore we understand that this is something that a person should be doing. Person must be doing. Zakaj Baraku commanded on ourselves, commanded us to ask him what we need on Gashmi is Rosh Hashanah. Therefore we makayim this and we do this and we ask on Rosh Hashanah We ask in bitl, in self nullification, that Akaj Baraku rule over us, but yet we ask and we we are nullifying ourselves. And yet we're asking for our own life and life and, and year of health, wealth, time to enjoy it. Children, shidduchim, etc. So it begs to ask, how can a Jew put himself in these two opposite situations at one time? To really want panasa chalkola that he needs, and that he's getting, that he has to have, and also to have the king rule over us.
But this is the mission. This is the idea, and this is the way that we need to apply ourselves. Maybe she should help Taka. Shimala Hashem Kol Mishal Vitsibainu Leteva. And that all our tefillah should be answered. It should be a Shnaz Bracha Tzlacha. All the Aleph Beis, all the Brachas throughout the time that the Kayan does the Aveda, Bishamikdash, all the Brachas any Jew could possibly think of and ask for, Rafuas, Yeshuas, Shidduchim, Parnasab al Shalom Bayis, Menuchas HaNefesh, Menuchas HaGuf, and find in your heart to forgive. There are many things that people do. It's very hard to find in your heart to forgive. This is a Aveda. And if we find in our heart to forgive, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will find in His to forgive us. And to give us, to bring us back with the Gula Mitz Vashlema, Ayyadeh Mashiach Sikkenu, with the Ksiva, Achasima Teva, Shana Teva Masuka, the Hebrius Nechena, Yizuntahit, Shlevachahit, and everything that we need and ask for should be answered. Shabbos